This is Channel Attitude. Your voice, your right, your freedom. Bro, why do you got a, a look on your face like you're up to something? You had a look on, you look like the, what, what do they call the bird that ate the canary? Uh, for your information, before every episode, I take a, I take a snapshot. Ah, so that's what it was. Yes. Bro, you know what that reminds me of? I don't Let, know. Let's see how think. clever my, uh, let's see how clever my friend R.D. Reynolds is. And I think, you know, bro, I think it's fair to say, I think two of the most clever people that I associate in with in this day and age are... I would have to say Ben Hameen and R.D. Reynolds. I think you two are the most uh, intelligent, hmm. creative, knowledgeable, smart, colorful. You need to get some new friends. What it sounds like to me. Okay. You know Tom and Jerry? Yes. If Tom and Jerry are supposed to be friends, right? Okay. Why are they always fighting? I didn't know they were supposed to be friends. They're supposed to be. Tom and Jerry are friends. I, I, news to me. Why are they always fighting? I, because they, I, I thought they were enemies. Are you ready for this? But I don't know, am I? They're not fighting. They're playing. Oh. Uh-huh. <clears throat> uh-huh. Is this your theory or something you read? No, no, it is. It's the truth. It's the truth. It's the truth. They're playing. They're not fighting. They're playing. They're playing. Is that play. canon or is this just something Vince Russo made? Are you up? ready for this? Are you ready for this? They're playing. After that, a, probably they're, not. They're playing a game of cat and mouse. Okay. You got that? Good night, everybody. Thank you. I'm giving myself applause. I don't know about you. Oh. <clears throat> and you boo some of the jokes I I give. Tremendous. All right. Speaking of jokes, um, this was a very, this was a very fun, entertainment, uh, entertaining, smart, uh, risky, uh, edgy. They're, they're, they're they're starting to, you know, bro, you know what the funny thing is about this now? You can, you're, you're starting to see they are getting more adult orientated like you know at at the beginning there were some things kids wouldn't have understood now there's a lot of things i don't think kids would have ever would you agree with that bro Uh, i would tend to agree with this yes yeah that i would agree with that terrible tom and jerry joke not so much yeah thank you i'm glad everyone is agreeing with me that that joke was terrible i'm glad you're all cheering me Batman's Waterloo. Take it away, my friend. Original air date, Thursday, March 9th, 1967. Your fun fact for the day is that uh, this time, the number one song in the United States of this here Americas was Love is Here and Now You're Gone by the Supremes. Do you remember this song? Wow, bro. I mean, I know the Supremes very, very, very well. That that particular song is not ringing a bell with me. Man. I had no idea what that song was. Yeah. Yeah, no. that one I do not know. Usually I would I would maybe <clears throat> clear the vocal cords and 
give you a couple lines, but I didn't know that song. I did not. I did not know that song. Not going to lie. I wasn't interested enough to learn any of it. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Especially not when we had this to cover. Yes. It is Batman's Waterloo. The narrator tells us, as you may recall, we last left Batman sealed in an Egyptian sarcophagus five feet underwater. Well, let me ask you a question. If right now, right now we were to uh, transform this show into a spelling bee, right now, okay, would you be able to spell sarcophagus? Sarcophagus? Would you be able to spell that without looking at uh, it? That I would, yes. Wow, good for you. Let me get... <clears throat> good for you. I would not. I w- there I were lots would... of other things on this show I would have had zero chance there were a lot of things on this show that i i you know are rd i i write down rd explanation yes all right go ahead bro go ahead uh five feet underwater for you viewers at home several hours have passed for our heroes not one second not one second we just may be witnessing the final chapter in batman's brave life don't move an inch. The most incredible occurrences have yet to occur. Incredibly. So, Tut is thrilled. The die is cast, Tutlings. Never again will Batman poke his po- bony beak into my business or anybody else's business for that matter. He continues because Robin's, of course, squawking. And he says... Don't get yourself into a flap, spunky. Spunky. What is flap? Flap? Flap. Okay, that's what. Oh, don't get. He's okay, a, he's a Robin. A Bro, you right? want to hear interesting? Uh, interesting a note. My uh, my late uncle and my late aunt's uh, dog was named Spunky, so that had some meaning to me. Spunky. I like the Spunky. Was, your uncle's name was Flap. No, fl- uh, Spunky was the dog. Spunky. Go ahead. Anyway, he explains to Robin he's drowned. Not even brat-to-bat resuscitation can help him now. So Tut's going to take off. I'm going to go hang out with Cleopatra. That was the girl that he had kidnapped uh, from the last show, Lee Merriweather, who will, of course, rate later in the show, um, playing that role. Neela, who we will also rate later in the show, (coughs) she uh, is there, and she is the blonde uh, girl that is Tut's go-to, I guess, whenever, you know, yeah, whatever. She says, she explains, this is her take on Cleopatra. She goes, I don't see what, and I'm just quoting here, save the hate mail. Yes. That dame, that dame. That's a great word. That's a great word we don't get to use absolutely. anymore. Absolutely. I can't wait until my dame comes home. Bro, when I when I hear the word dame, you can say whatever you want. When I hear the word dame, the person that comes to my mind immediately is vintage Frank Sinatra throwing dame. That That's yeah. why the lady is a dame, he says at yeah. one point. Yeah, I, I miss that. I miss you, that. You know what you should do when your wife comes home? Call her a dame. It's, call her a great dame. And see how that goes over. <laughs> yeah, I'm a uh, good word though. Good word. Really not want to do that. Anyway, she doesn't understand what that dame has, what this Cleopatra has that she doesn't have. 
And Tut says, well, whatever it is, she's had it centuries longer. Which usually, if a woman gets older, she is not quite as attractive is, is the general synopsis. I mean, right. you have women that fall outside of that category, of course. Mrs. Steele being one of them. But <clears throat> if she was centuries old, you would think that would probably, she would probably fall apart. But yes. anyway, uh, he says, you've seen the last of that vatted calf. So, Batman's in a sarcophagus. Know, what is behind that? I because because you know when 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 I heard the Vatican, you know again Big Elton John mock, will and you know goodbye Yellow Brick Road will kill the fatted calf tonight. So come along. What does that saying mean? Because that's where <laughs> vatted calf came from. Sure. The the, the fatted calf. A fatted calf. That, that was the, like uh, that's. I'm pretty sure it's, it's biblical. As you would you would you would have the fatted calf. Really? A okay. sacrifice, or what? I I may be incorrect. No, that. that sounds very correct. That's mm-hmm. all right. Go ahead, my friend. We go to the Bat Cave. Batman, of course, is underwater. Alfred receives Morse Bat Code on the wireless Bat transmitter, which says "wireless Bat transmitter," and then right underneath it, very helpfully. Uh, a subline says for bat emergencies only right right so alfred's scribbling notes trying to find out what what this is saying we go to the throne room uh from here so cleopatra's there cleopatra it's lisa and she says you know tut you're in big trouble and tut is not having any of this and he says You're a party pooper, Cleo. Now you see. Now he's he's very saddened because they've had their first spat. He says, "Right." He says, "All right, fellows, gather up, yon bird boy, and bring the tut truck round to the front entrance. We shall now go to the royal oil boiling room, a perfect place for our nuptial arrangements." Bro, why am I thinking with this show? Do you think, bro, there is any way the writers of this show sent the script to the villains in advance and maybe allowed them to punch it up? I think they had to have sent this to Victor Bueno, correct? That's that's who is tut, correct? Yeah. They had to have sent this to him because of a line that I'm getting ready to attempt to recite. Okay. I believe, I believe he had some influence into his lines. I would, I would probably agree with that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So he, he tut kisses Cleo's hand and she's like, dude, there are not going to be any nuptial arrangements at this point. We see Alfred up on the roof. He's like looking down and he sees what's going on. Tut continues on with this line, which I I I will attempt to recite. That's what I was going to say. What are the odds that you get this in one take? When we get to the royal oil boiling room, be sure to prepare some real boiling oil. 
but see, I already screwed it up. <laughs> I, I'm going to try it one more time. I may fail, Mister. <laughs> when we get to the Royal Oil Boiling Room, be sure to prepare some real boiling Royal Boiling Oil to boil the boy wonder in royally. That's right. Second take. I wonder how many takes it took Victor Brain. He is a professional. He, uh, he yeah, he, he tremendous, uh, bro. Th- I, I don't think there's any question from what we've seen. I think is it fair to say he's the absolute most underrated villain in the series? I I would tend to agree that's okay. the case. Thank you. Uh, you know what though? I love Egghead, and I think that yeah, um, I think that's kind of a one-two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And some of the other villains. See, it's really tough because. I thought that uh, Roddy McDowell was was fantastic as Bookworm. I'm yeah. still crushed that we only got yeah one episode of that yeah one you know tandem of that yeah. anyway. Uh, they go to take off, and Alfred sneaks into the pool room. He is there now. He lifts the sarcophagus out of the tank with a switch, but you know Batman's been underwater for however long. It in a sealed. It, there's no way he could be alive. But anyway, we go to the Tut truck. The Tut truck. Uh, Tut keeps telling her, Cleo, how they've been. They're made to be together. She keeps rejecting him, and one of his <coughs> cronies says, "She speaks heresy." And Tut says, "Lord Chancellor, you don't understand women." Beneath it all, she's a flame with love for me. Have you ever have you ever have you ever been a flame with love with love for someone? Uh, yeah, I'd say for my wife, I have been. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you. Can we both be in agreement that you you outkicked the coverage on that one? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yes. A little yeah. bit. So Cleo says, <clears throat> you know, we can get you money. I don't know why you want to keep me. I, my father will pay anything. She says, quote, next to Bruce Wayne, my father is the wealthiest man in Gotham City. So, <clears throat> according to Lisa, Cleopatra, Bruce Wayne is the absolute top. Yeah. He is the wealthiest man in Gotham City. I did yeah. not know that. Yeah. I don't think I don't think that's canon. Yeah, uh, he is the cat's meow. Yes. So yes. the Tutlings are like, dude, what are we doing? Go get the money. We can get anything we want. Go get the money. Who cares? And Tut says, I ain't having any part of that. <clears throat> Finally, she says, look, I'll do anything you want if you just call my father. We go to the pool room. Alfred literally slaps Batman to life. <laughs> smack, smack, smack. <clears throat> he says he came as soon as he got the Morse bat code message. He says it was really <laughs> propitious, propitious, maybe. I don't know. I have it written down. That I happened to be in the bat cave uh, dusting when you sent it. And again, Batman says, I counted on your love. For your work. So again, <clears throat> he sent the message, you know, he's like, I bet, I bet Alfred will be there. Yeah. Yep. And he was. 
Alfred wants to know how on earth you were able to survive with no air. <laughs> Batman explains, I put myself into a trance, not unlike the Indian fakirs. It required extreme concentration. I was able to slow my heart and respiratory systems to a crawl. Alfred's like, dude, you were without air for an hour. No air for an hour. And he explains, I know, Batman's like, I know one guy, he was he was buried for three years. <laughs> I think that's a lie. Yeah, I would think so too. Yeah. I don't think that's, I don't think that's uh, mired in accuracy. Yeah. So they take off to the Batcave. <clears throat> Back to the tut truck we go. And Lisa keeps begging Tut, just call my father. Would you please just call my father? Would you please call my father? He finally agrees as long as he says, I'll call your father. But he has to stay away until after the wedding. And he says, you have to promise me. And she says, yeah, I I promise. And he says, well, then put her there. (laughs) Great. Just great. Yes. We go to John E. Carson's home. Cut calls him. Says, hello, hello, dad. This is your future son-in-law. I'm sure you'll be happy to welcome me into your family. I come from good stock. My father was a king, grandfather before him, and so am I. Carson says, leaving out your Larcinius lineage, what have you done with and or to my daughter? Tud says she's safe. She'll remain safe for the paltry sum of $8,300,487.12. That's the queen's ransom. Yes. He explains why it was so exact. Uh, This will allow him to pay off the mortgage on the pyramids, the interest rate over 34,000 years or 3,400 years is positively usurious. Usurious meaning charging illegal or exorbitant rates of interest for the use of money. Very nice. And they're like, we got to work through an intermediary. And Carson says, my company sponsors the Daily Jolly Jackson Phone Jockey Show, radio show. When I've collected the $8 million, or $8 million, <clears throat> Let's see. How much what was the total? Eight million three hundred thousand four hundred eighty-seven dollars and twelve cents. Yes. Yes. I will uh I'll call in and say the sheet, the sleet in Crete is never very neat. And so he agrees, hangs up, and immediately Carson calls Commissioner Gordon. Right. We go to the Bat Cave. They talk about how Tut is going to boil Robin in oil. <clears throat> we'll see soon about his monstrous scheme and next where he plans to perpetrate it. Drawing upon my vast storehouse of chemical knowledge. Hold on, before I'm... we before we get to that, <laughs> yes, the way this thing planned out was unbelievable to me. So Batman's fiddling with his gloves and test oh, yeah. <laughs> and he goes. So Tup plans to boil Robin in oil, eh? Yeah, exactly. And then, and then Alfred says, 
I did hear him. I, I did hear him mention something to that effect, sir. Like, oh, they're about to, they're about to throw the boy wonder in boiling vat of oil, and these two guys. Are... Wait, yeah, he did. Yeah, how did you mention? Like, really, bro? Uh, anyway, but yes, drawing my upon my vast storehouse of chemical knowledge, I'm here in concocting an alchemist fluid. Which will neutralize the boiling oil. The next line is tremendous. And he says, uh, Alfred says, what exactly does it do, sir? Batman says, I'm not quite sure, Alfred. (laughs) (laughs) It's the first time I've tried this experiment, but but, I think in the end it should produce foam rubber. And and Alfred's like, how on earth can it... Can this tiny capsule produce foam rubber? And At here we point, and, he, and here yeah. we have one of the adult comments that I don't think kids quite got. The size of the package is no in no way any indication of the value of its contents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's great, man. That <clears throat> As great. if on cue the bat phone rings. Gordon is there and he asks Batman first will you be talking to Bruce Wayne anytime soon and Batman's like I I guess I see him I see Bruce occasionally why and Gordon says he's worried about his daughter Barbara there you go yes that is I am 99.9% certain that is the first time she has been mentioned on the show, Absolutely. right? Absolutely, 1,000%, yes. <clears throat> he says, well, as Bruce Wayne knows, she's away at college. She'll be graduating shortly, and I'd hate to think that some of the dire happenings that have happened to that fine professor of Egyptology could also happen to my beloved daughter at her school. And at this point, Batman's like, what kind of numbskull am I talking to? Yeah, yeah. He says, I rather doubt your daughter Barbara is going to get conked on the head and turn into a long dead Egyptian ruler commissioner. And Gordon says, well, she's my only child. I, I just worry about her. Yeah. You're worrying about, yeah, I'm with Batman on this. She's his pride and joy. I know she's his pride and joy, but what else? So obviously this whole scenario was created. This is one billion percent created to be a foreshadowing. Of, oh, a thousand percent. No doubt. No doubt about it. Right. <clears throat> a thousand percent. So Batman okay. says, if I see Bruce Wayne, I'll ask him to call you. He knows more about the present American collegiate scene than I do. <laughs> uh, so good. <clears throat> and so uh, <clears throat> Batman says, that uh, was the first. You said you had two things. And he's like, uh, oh, that, it, Second, yeah, yes. I, I'm, I'm sorry. Forgive me. Forgive me. I must not let my personal concerns conflict with my public problems. He says, are you familiar with the Jolly Jackson, the phone jockey? Batman says, that's the guy that, like, takes calls and insults people on the air, right? So, we cut to the Jolly Jackson show. Batman calls, and Jackson cuts him off the air. Says, look, dude, you're the eighth person today 
who's called in claiming to be Batman. He says the uh, the real Batman. You know, if you're really Batman, and you need to be, or Bruce, excuse me, Batman says I'm really Batman. I need to be on the air. It's a matter of life and death. So Jackson says, okay. Well, Batman's supposedly a brainy guy. So I'm going to give you a question, Batman. Says, tell me who said biography should be written by an acute enemy. Batman doesn't even blink. Arthur James Balfour, born 1848, died 1930. He was quoted by S.K. Ratcliffe in the London Observer, January 30th, 1927. Immediately, Jackson goes, we have a special guest on the air. (laughs) So, he says, uh, this message is for King, Batman says, this message is for King Tut only. I request all other citizens of Gotham City to comply with my wishes and shut their radios off for the next 30 seconds. And... Because the citizens of Gotham City are such fine citizens, everyone turns off their radio for the next 30 seconds. <clears throat> so in Tut's lair, Tut's there and he says, Curse you, Batman! May you fall down a flight of stairs and break every tooth in your head except one. And in that, may you have a toothache for the rest of your life, which won't be very long. <laughs> so Tut calls into the show. And he says, tells Jackson, uh, you know, have everybody else turn their radios off again. Because I got a message for Batman. So, Jackson says, go ahead, sweetheart. And so, Tut says, tell that blue beanbag to bring the money to to the Royal Oil Boiling Room in the abandoned boiler works in the old Boylston section of the city tonight alone and you can also tell him yeah and batman goes oh such language yeah so he must have been just cursing up a a promo absolutely i do like the way though uh which i'm gonna call it uh i like the way that jolly jackson did refer to tut as tutsy yeah tutsy Tutsy. (laughs) oh tutsy (laughs) We go to the Batcave. Batman says, Tut is holding the girl in the abandoned boiler works. To which Alfred, when Alfred hears this, he exclaims, Holy steam valve! And then he see, says, I'm, see, I'm, see, I'm, see, now there's something to a conspiracy theory. What I said the other episode. Just right? a few minutes ago when he, yes. uh, oh, I did hear him mention uh, something to that effect. And now he's standing right in Robin's spot. <laughs> reciting holy lines oh okay so you're saying that he wants to be the new boy wonder. absolutely okay. what are you saying i'll, I'll buy that i'll buy what, that what I, are you saying? I wasn't saying from a character standpoint i was saying from that a couple episodes ago remember batman and robin switched places right and 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 batman was like reciting what should have been robin's lines right and robin was reciting what should have been batman's like again i think they were all just sitting there going you know what'd be really fun yeah let alfred let, let him recite uh robin's lines so uh, alfred does apologize he says i'm sorry sir it just slipped out it must be because master robin's uppermost 
in my thoughts at the moment. <clears throat> so Batman says, mine too. I'm going to go take care of this. Mind the store. Mind <laughs> the store. Or are they selling things out of the Batcave? Uh, mm. <clears throat> we go to the Royal Oil Boiling Room. Tut's not happy. This oil is taking forever. I knew I should have used vegetable oil. It's just not hot enough yet. So the crony's like, wait, who are you talking about? Now what? I, we thought Batman was dead. Tut says, the Cape Caniver seems to have a penchant for escaping from tight places. He'll not escape this one. Before the night is out, I shall revel in the sight of a big, crisp, polyunsaturated bat. And that goes for his sickening sidekick, too. Two things, whenever he said, that goes for a sickening sidekick, too. I was waiting for Robin to go, hey, that's me! <laughs> like he did in the last episode. Right, that would have been great. <laughs> and, and also, you know you know what they call fried bat? What? Chicken of the cave. Anchorman 2 reference right there. I'm sure others enjoyed that hey if you want to if you want to knock anchorman too you not 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 my hill to die on great movie go ahead so we go to carson's house batman's there carson says all the banks were closed so all he could get was six million he couldn't get eight million three hundred thousand four hundred eighty seven dollars and thirty seven cents Carson asks Batman, what should we do? And Batman, for once, he says, Don't have an answer. I don't know. I don't know. And Carson says, Do you think he would take a check for the difference? And Carson says, Well, you know, Batman says, I don't know. I guess it's, it's worth a try. Carson says, You know what? This ransom's going to break me, but I don't care. And Batman says, Break you? I thought you were a multimillionaire. Carson says everyone thinks so, but all his money is now in Batman's hands. So Batman has every cent this guy has. Mm-hmm. He said, uh, I'd hope to arrange a match between Lisa and Bruce Wayne. The combination of our fortunes would put me back on top and give me room to manipulate. Batman says, ah, a marriage of convenience, eh? Carson says, It goes on all the time among the upper classes, Batman. Normally, I wouldn't think of Bruce Wayne as a husband for Lisa. I mean, he's a nice enough fella. But he's not marriage material for a girl like Lisa. Actually, I think you're more her style. Batman's taken aback. Me? I'm afraid not, Mr. Carson. Mm. My heart is already pledged. To crime fighting. He doesn't have time for a wife. We've we've gone over this before. No, but but bro, you you know, the way you laid that out was very nice and the way it was presented, but let's let's break this down to wrestling terms. He buried Bruce Wayne. Uh, Kinda. Absolutely. Left-handed, left-handed. Buried him right to him, not even a realizing, but how my Heart is o- is already pledged to crime fighting was never a t-shirt. I don't understand. Well, I think it's fascinating that within the last, what, month or so, Batman could have been married to 
uh, Catwoman Julie Newmar. Yeah. Or Catwoman Lee Merriweather. Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. We go to the boiling oil room. Lisa and, and Robin are tied up back to back. Lisa asks Robin, do you think there's any hope Hope for him? And Robin says, well, yeah, for you, probably there's hope. For me, my goose is cooked. But do, who you, should, do you have that? Do you have that line prior when they when Batman left? He says something affected no, no time to Terry. Lest no time to think, Terry. Okay, what does that mean? I, I never heard. Terry that. means to dawdle to to to. You've heard that gag. before? No oh time yeah, to, yeah, yeah. Oh, I never heard that. I yeah, use no, it at least three times a day. Okay, go ahead. Niles, Niles of Freeze, Robin, and Cleopatra. Nyla, Nila, Nila, Nila. Neela, not Niles. Neela, got me on my knees, Neela. Go ahead. I, I legitimately took me about five seconds to even figure out what you were parodying. Yeah, go ahead. So Neela comes over. She's going to free them. She says, uh, you know, I'm going to let you guys out. You know, Lisa, you, Cleopatra, you need to get out of here, said uh, Neela explains why. She says, King Tut may be fat. Lazy and extremely rude, but he's all I have. Uh, so with her here, I don't even have that. I got to get rid of this Cleopatra chick. Yeah. They try to sneak out, but Tut catches them. And he bemoans, oh, my queen is disloyal. The handmaiden, a traitor. Everybody's being mean to me. He then... In a great scene, because he's got the boiling oil pot, he accidentally puts his hand on it, burns it like a numbskull. <clears throat> Tut says, as soon as Batman is fricasseed, you'll both join them in yonder pot. Now, what is that? What is fricasseed? It's a cooking style. You fricassee. Go ahead. Do do I do I need to? I, I, I never like heard I'm of trying to lift up I, your. I never heard of fricasseed in my life. Oh yeah, it's cooking style. Okay, go ahead. Of course, fricasseed. So, Robin goes. You know what, Tut? You'll have to answer to Batman for this. And Tut goes. You'll have to answer to <laughs> Batman for this. You big tattletale. So. Tut continues, boiling in oil, one of my dear father's favorite spectator sports, but you won't be a spectator, bat boy. According to my master plan, the cowed cornball should be arriving momentarily. And sure enough, there he is. <clears throat> he says, Batman will be there soon with the money. The Tutlings say they'll blub- the Tutlings say they'll clubber him. But Tut says, no, 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 no violence. I can't stand violence. Torture, though. I really like torture. That's good, clean fun. <clears throat> He'll be joining his Cape Crony in a double bird bath. And so they're just standing there like this. It's a double bird bath. Didn't you find that funny? The king's made a yuck. Laugh now! <laughs> so... He yells for the slave girls. He has slave girls now to start clanging a gong. Yep. 10, 9, 8, 
seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Batman crashes in on a bat cycle with a battering ram on the front of it. He throw as they're throwing Robin in to the vat. He throws in the pill, the tiny pill that has uh, whatever great innards. Uh, and the pill, uh, of course, causes the oil to become foam. So Robin just bounces off. <clears throat> we then get the fight. Tut is immediately, Tut is immediately, I mean, it wasn't five seconds yeah. into this fight. Take it out. He, he gets hit over the head from behind. And Hubie and Victor make short work of the Tutlings after drop kicks and some guy being thrown headfirst into the gong. We go over to Tut. He's uh, uh, the new cur- curriculum clues a trip to the archaeological museum. And oh, did I do it again? Batman says. You certainly did. I hurt anybody? Only yourself, Professor. Only yourself. Only yourself. <laughs> I I hope the Board of Regents will understand that a <laughs> criminal alter egos is not an easy thing to overcome. As a crazed criminal professor, your alter ego would have been dealt with justly but firmly. And then Batman stops, stares right at the screen, right at the camera for those at home. For surely no man is above the law and no man is below it. So I have a question. Go ahead. Tut got hit on the head. Yes. He is now back to the mild-mannered professor. Right. Remember the two guys that became his cronies in the last episode that also got clonked on the head? There was right. they were football players, right? Yes. At the college? Yeah. Uh, what about those guys? Are they, are they just going to keep beating them in that's the a, head? That's, a, that's a good question. Normal? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. We go to some random penthouse or something. I don't know. Well, actually, we do figure out who this is. <clears throat> so it's Lisa and Bruce, and they 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 show up at her place, and we get the Batman love theme. And usually, I hate it if it's not Catwoman, but since this was Lee Merriweather, who right. was one of the Catwomen, loophole, loophole, loophole. We yeah. will let her have the Batman love theme, which I still don't have. I still have not been able. You know what? My anniversary is coming up in uh, three weeks. Wow. Three- Okay, and so if I don't have that Batman love theme right on this, so I can play it for a romantic at night out yeah. with Mrs. Deal, I don't know what I'm going to do. Summit, help a brother out. Yeah, come on, guys, watching this show, do a little homework, man. Get that Batman love theme, bro. <clears throat> so she offers him to. Would you like to come in and have some milk and cookies? Mm-hmm. Milk and cookies. Says uh, Bruce says, well, I'm afraid it's it's rather late. Why? It's it's 1030. Says, uh, will, will you could you call me again? And Bruce is like, I wonder if that would be wise, Lisa. You're a very beautiful woman. 
you'd make some lucky man a marvelous wife. Unfortunately, I'm, I'm not that man. You see, the Wayne Foundation is my wife. <laughs> the Wayne found the Wayne Foundation is my wife. <clears throat> You're just wasting your time with me. So she says, "Okay, have a goodbye kiss." So he obliges, and then he's like, "You know what? I will have some of those milk and cookies." So they're kissing or whatever, and he just stops, stares right at the camera, says, "Man cannot live by crime fighting alone." And then and, he goes, and I can I can I can I read what I wrote? Yes, please. What 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 did you write? I, I was going to say, bro, thank <clears throat> God for that. Because okay. if he would have walked away again, uh, seriously, I would have now started questioning his sexuality. No I, doubt as a shoot. You you're you're much I never thought I would say this. Yes. You're much more controlled than than I was in my notes. Yes, what you said. Uh he then goes in to get laid. Yes, thank what you. What I yes. Yeah. Milk there's and there's cookies. no two ways about it. Milk this. and cookies, you say. <clears throat> Milk and yes. cookies. Thank God, bro. Thank God. He he's he's walked away way too many times, man. Well, time to rate the girls. Let's do it. We're First rate- we have Neela. Neela. Mm-hmm. Would you care to guess how old she was? She was a little long in the tooth. Um, I'm going to say between 32 and 34. Grace Lee Whitney, born Mary Ann Chase, born April 1st, no fooling, 1930. So she would have been 37. 37. I said she was long in the tooth. I was being being generous. Yes. Uh, She was an American actress and singer. She played on the original Star Trek series and yes. a couple of the films. That's where I recognized her from Star Trek, yes. Uh, in her late teens, she moved to Chicago, where she opened a nightclub. She was a singer as well for Billie Holiday and Buddy Rich. Wow. And she toured with Spike Jones. Wow. Spike Jones, would you care to explain to the people who Spike Jones was? Well, uh, who was Spike Jones? I know Spike he was. Uh, he was like a novelty artist. Yeah, I know Spike Jones, but I don't know a lot about him. You always hurt the ones when you love. love yeah. The one <clears throat> she um, had a uh, autobiography, "The Longest Track: My Tour of the Galaxy," released in 1998. Uh, she uh, was also uh, <clears throat> this is perhaps her best thing. Along with her hiring and firing from Star Trek, the book recounts her work as the first chicken of the sea mermaid. Oh, wow. Okay. That's a claim to fame right there. And her struggles with uh, alcohol and substance abuse. So there you go. She uh, passed away, sadly, in 2015. So okay. What are you no rating her? <clears throat> I will. I will. I'm going to go pretty much. Right, I, I'll just say uh, uh, six and a half, seven. I swear to God, bro, I was singing the same exact thing. Same exact thing I was saying. So, yeah, six and a half, seven. Okay. 
Now it's time to go to Lisa or Cleopatra. Liam, Lee Merriweather, of course. How old do you think Lee Merriweather was? At this point? Yes, sir. Thirty-four. She would have been thirty-one at the time, born May twenty-seventh, nineteen thirty-five. <clears throat> she was a winner of the Miss America pageant in nineteen hundred and fifty-five. So this would have been eleven years earlier, eh, twelve years earlier. Uh, she appeared in many films, many many films. She was in Barnaby Jones. She yeah. had two Golden Globe nominations, an Emmy Award. She's known for her role as Catwoman, replacing Julie Newmar in Batman 1966. She was in uh, also uh, on the daytime soap opera, All My Children, until the end of the series in 2011. Wow. She is, in fact, still alive. And no doubt waiting a for a call from the Joker's mustache. Uh, God, we t we tell, me, we tell me we couldn't get her on <clears> the show. I don't know. Okay, go ahead. What are you rating her? I will give her, you know what? I I will go uh, seven and a half. I, 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 you know, bro, she looked good in the very last scene. She in the last scene, the rest of the thing, she. I not. agree. So I, I'm going to give her, because, you know, there is a little, um, you know, there is a little royalty here. I'm going to give her an eight. Okay. I, I, I was going seven and a half to eight. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty close. Yeah. Pretty close. Yeah. Pretty close. Next. There you go. What about um? Wasn't there another? I thought there was another. No, <laughs> never mind. Okay, that's it. That's it. Tell that's everything on this episode. Tell everybody what we're doing next week. <clears throat> next week, what a treat! We're actually going to take a break from the series. We are going to do a deep dive. We are going to be watching Batman sixty six. Related commercials, nice public service announcements, and if you ever wanted to learn the Heimlich maneuver from Batman and Robin, this is the show for you. Tremendous. I didn't even know any of these things existed, so I'm yes. looking very forward to that. Yes, it's going to be tremendous. All right, what is going on down at the arcade? Ah, King of Arcade. It's almost, I see it out on the yonder, yon horizon, uh, July 8th, we will be giving away a arcade machine to whoever is the king of arcade, whoever wins our tournament, Very you nice. will walk away with a uh, free arcade machine. So that's going to be good. You can check that out at Rupert's Kids, uh, our, excuse me, facebook.com slash Rupert's Kids Arcade. Uh, it's uh, a charity, uh, and it is for uh, Rupert's Kids, which is a charity started by Rupert Bonham of the television show Survivor, uh, helping at-risk youth. What about WrestleCrap? What's going on at WrestleCrap? <laughs> oh, what what a treat coming up uh, next week. Were you around? I should. I, I, I'm actually very glad that I get to ask you about this. Yes. Were you there for, for Hulk Hogan's final night in TNA? No. Okay. You've seen it. That's when he he Dixie he dragged Dixie out. She was clinging onto his boot. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I, you should be very glad you weren't there because I would 
mock you in the no. induction that no. I am doing where I it is Hulk Hogan's last night in TNA, which is perhaps the most TNA thing that TNA ever TNA'd. And you didn't have anything to do with it. Well, you gotta keep in Wash mind, bro. Let me tell yeah, let me tell you why that happened though. That was Hulk playing his creative control card. <laughs> that was him saying this this is what we're going to do. It's in the stated right here in my contract. And that's what she did. <clears throat> well, that yeah. is <clears throat> that is fascinating. I, I'm sure Dixie loved doing that. She probably did. I remember watching that one, and, and I knew it was the creative control thing, and I knew he was trying to make a fool out of her. And I'm like, "What? Why are you doing this?" Did 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 he come up with the term? Do you want to ride the Dixie train? <laughs> I don't. I don't know who came up with that. I don't know who came up with that, but I don't know whether to smack them around or pat them on the back. Oh God! So Maybe that's, both. So that's uh, that's the um, that's that, an induction upcoming. Yes. Oh, that's tremendous! All right, so guys, next week we're going to look at the PSAs. We're going to look at the Heimlich maneuver. We're going to look at some oddball Batman stuff right here. Same bat time. Same bat channel. Oh,